Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to this week's episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. As always, I'm your host, Declan Edwards, and I'm so excited for you to be here today. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about something that's normally a little bit taboo, that people get a little bit anxious about speaking about, and that is money. But specifically, we're going to be talking about money mindset, how your emotional attachment to money, how your thoughts, your beliefs, and opinions about money directly influence how much money you can actually get in your life. So if you're someone who tends to stress and worry and freak out about money, if you're someone who's always telling themselves that they can't afford the things that they want, this is the podcast for you. This is the episode that's going to really make the difference. And I can say that with absolute certainty because it's what made the difference for me. The topics we're going to speak about today, the concepts, the strategies, and the the tools that you can put into practice to change your money mindset are what helped me go from $20,000 in debt to buying my first house in under a year with no extra income. You know, it's an absolutely amazing thing. And on top of that, what I think is more important is it took me from someone who regularly stressed and worried about money to someone who views money as, as, as an exciting tool for helping impact the world and make a larger difference. So as I said, if you're someone who's looking to change their money mindset to feel better about money, make sure you stay around for the whole episode. So let's take a moment to talk money before we jump into the concept of money mindset. So what is money? How do you think about it? What are your beliefs around money? Now I want to be clear from the start of this episode that in no way, shape or form do I believe that money is the be all and end all of happiness. I've met more than enough people with barely any money who are incredibly happy and I've met more than enough people who have plenty of money who aren't happy at all to know that that's not the case. But I imagine if you're like me, you, grow up, you grew up hearing the term, uh, money doesn't buy happiness. And I know that for most of my life, I believed the same. And that's actually not true. In fact, it's been proven wrong. So, you know, uh, if you grew up hearing your mom say, money doesn't buy happiness, I want you to delete that sentence from your mind right now, because it's been proven that it does to a certain degree. Now, every year the number changes, but at the moment it's roughly 65000 Australian per year is where money will no longer buy any more happiness. So for every extra dollar you make per year up until 65000 Australian per year, you're literally buying yourself more happiness. And I remember when I first heard that and learnt it, I went, no way, what a joke, that can't be true. But the more I looked into it, the more it made sense. See, under 65000 Australian per year... You know, especially much uh, less than that, around 20,000 or less, you know, we're really struggling to put a roof over our heads, food on the table, send the kids to school. You know, at 65,000, you've covered all your survival basics and you're probably also taking like a holiday each year. You've got a bit of uh, loose cash that you can spend to have fun with it. So it makes sense that as we make more money and buy our way out of financial stress and strain and hardship, it gives us more opportunity to be happy. It directly contributes to happiness. But it levels out at 65000 and that surprises a lot of people. I know these days when I say to people, at what number per year do you think money would no longer buy any happiness? The most common answer is 100000 per year, that mythical six-figure income. 
But it's actually a lot less than that. And later in this episode, we're going to talk a bit about why people are getting addicted to this idea of more is always better. What we find is that 65,000 Australian per year, anything after that is more about how you spend your money than how much money you actually have. So, you know, someone making 75,000 per year who's spending their money on experiences and holidays and is going to be a lot happier than someone who's making 75,000 per year spending their extra 10 grand on material things like TVs and, and all the fancy electronic stuff. We know that to be true. And later in this episode, we will talk about the most effective ways to spend your money and to use it in order to maximize your happiness return, which I think is a good return of investment to aim for. A lot of people talk about investing money as in how much money do I put in versus how much money do I get out. But sometimes it's a lot more useful to go how much money do I put in and how much happiness do I get out. So before we continue through this episode, I want you to take a moment to start thinking, what stories did you believe about money growing up? You know, was it that story of money doesn't buy happiness? And just start thinking already. I want you to start priming your mind and your brain about how these have impacted your approach to money over the rest of your life. So how did you go with finding some of the stories that you believed growing up about money? If you haven't yet done that exercise, I do encourage you to pause this episode and quickly do it and then uh, come back in and, and pick up where we left off. You know, I know when I did that exercise and started questioning the stories I'd been hearing, I realized growing up, especially in Australia where we struggle with tall poppy syndrome, I'd heard a lot of stories about people with money as well. And that, that colored my perception of what money was. I heard stories about how people with money must be greedy. They must be self-centered. They must be selfish, you know, and that led me to tie that to money. You know, having money meant that you were greedy, self-centered and uh, selfish, which I realize now isn't the case at all. You know, I, I love the saying from Will Smith that money doesn't change people. It makes them more of what they already are. So if you're a caring, kind-hearted, loving and giving person without much money, well, when you have more money, you've got more ability and more capability and more opportunity to give back. And it just expands, you know, the traits that you already were showing. Look at people like Oprah Winfrey and Ellen DeGeneres for an example of that. On the other hand, if you're narcissistic, if you're arrogant, if you are selfish and self-centered without much money, you're only going to be more of that with more money. Just look at Donald Trump as an example in today's world. So I'll ask you again, what do you think about money? What do you think about people with money? The reason I'm asking you these big questions straight away is because that is essentially what money mindset is. It's the beliefs that we have about money and what it means to have money. It's the feelings that come up when we talk about money, which we're about to do a fun little meditative exercise together to test what your subconscious emotional connection to money is. And it's this whole idea of the underlying factors that influence how you use money. See, most people will go to an accountant or a financial broker or they'll look for the latest financial strategy. And that's great. It gives the right knowledge and tools and skill set to do well financially. But if your money mindset isn't working for you, if it's not positive, if it's not serving you, none of those tools are going to matter. Your mind will literally not allow you to put them into practice. If you've ever had all the right financial guidance, but then somehow you look at your bank account and you've gone, how did I manage to spend all my money still? It's not a matter of willpower, it's that your money mindset is not meeting up with the goal. So you're self-sabotaging. 
So this episode today is all about practical skills and tools that you can use to begin changing your money mindset to then, yes, go and put into practice and in combination with advice from a um, finance uh advisor, uh, an accountant, anyone who's really good with money to give you the strategic tools to then put into play. So we always say money mindset first, then specific financial strategy. You put the two together, looking really good. Because not only are you going to do well financially then, but you're going to feel good about it as well, which I think is the most important part. Now, as I said at the start of this episode, this concept and talking about money mindset and being open about talking about money when it's normally a bit of a taboo topic really did change my life not just financially, but also in terms of changing my stress levels of how I was connecting stress to money before. And a large part of that was what you and I are about to do and about to talk about more, this sense of this underlying emotional tie to money and what it means. So first I'm going to share with you my story of where I was before understanding money mindset and before getting money mindset coaching I actually did it for six months with one of my coaches learning how to understand and appreciate money and feel okay with being successful rather than you feel guilty about it and then I'm going to teach you some basic tools and strategies that you can use and put into practice we're going to do it today on the podcast and then after that I'm going to share with you where I am now and and how you can achieve that as well through practice. So if we were to rewind my life about four years ago, you'd find a man who was always stressed about money, even when he had it. So it was quite funny. I I first sought out a a money mindset coach because I noticed a weird pattern in myself where I'd really stress about money and I'd be really avidly saving and putting it away and it would reach about $7,000 in my savings account and then I'd feel this massive urge to spend it all and get rid of it. And then I'd get rid of it and of course I'd start stressing it. It was this weird cycle that was just continuing of, of splurge and save, splurge and save, splurge and save and never finding any balance in that. So I was on this weird cycle of, of feeling stressed nearly all the time. First I was stressed about not having money, then I'd be stressed about having money sitting there and I'd feel this urge to spend it. And I wanted to know what was going on. So when I first started working with my money mindset coach, basically what we started to look at was, well, how do you feel about money? Not on a conscious level, on a subconscious level. How do you feel about having money? What's the emotional connection to it? And the exercise that we did is what I'm about to take you through. But when we did the exercise, I realized, I discovered that I had a subconscious connection to money of revulsion. I felt sick at the end of the exercise. I was absolutely revolted by the idea of having money and the more we explore that the more we began to find these stories and these thoughts that I'd grown up with about money that created that feeling you know for example I'd grown up in a household where anytime money was spoken about it was an argument it was never spoken about in a positive light and my parents ended up divorcing it and one part of that was the continual fighting about money and about finance so for me I grew up seeing this this idea of money being a a source of fighting and of loss and of struggle and then on the flip side you know I saw my father who's quite financially successful but not incredibly happy so that just reinforced the story I'd been told of money doesn't buy happiness so I had all these beliefs about money being you know tied to loss being tied to stress being tied to heartache being tied to fighting and not equaling happiness It's no wonder that over time, as that link was strengthened, my brain came to associate the idea of money with stress. So whenever I thought about money, spoke about money, looked at my bank account, it was stress. 
And then when I reached that certain figure, you know, for me it was around $7,000, my brain would go, hang on, this is all representative of stress. This wasn't conscious. This was all happening without my awareness. All this $7,000 is representative of stress and loss and heartache, and I don't want that in my life. So what's the quickest way to get rid of it? Spend it all. Go out and splurge the hell out of it. But then I'd drop back into the, well, I don't have money to live now. So then I'd start stressing about that. And it all became so clear. And that's the important point. We can't change anything until we see it and understand it. So the next exercise we're going to go through together is the exact exercise that my money mindset took me through to help me gain that awareness and clarity over how my money mindset had been holding me back. Now, before we start this exercise, I want to let you know it is a meditative practice. Don't worry if you've never meditated before. I'm going to guide you through it all. But what you're going to need is a notepad and pen with you. So if you don't have a notepad and pen, just pause this episode, run and grab one. If you are driving, make sure you pause the episode and come back to it as soon as you get home. This is the most valuable exercise I ever learned for money mindset. I highly encourage that you commit yourself to it and fully do it. So if you're still listening now, I'm assuming you haven't paused the episode, you know, you're, you're at a place where you're comfortable, you can sit or lie down for this, it doesn't matter, and you've got your notepad and pen ready. So what we're going to do is I'm going to take you through a basic guided meditation, and at the end of the meditation, I'm going to ask a question. And when I ask the question, you'll know the question when you hear it, you're going to open your eyes and quickly write down on that notepad any thought that comes to mind. So any feeling, any thought, any idea, any memory, it does not matter. Literally no filter between the head, the heart and the hand. Get it all out on the page, write as quick as you can, don't worry about spelling mistakes. Just get it out because this is going to be bringing all of your subconscious associations with money to the surface so that we can actually analyze them and make sense of them and we can begin to change them. So when you're ready, sit back, close your eyes And turn your attention to your breath. Breathing deeply down into the stomach. And letting it out almost with a sigh. See if you can begin to lengthen the breaths. Four seconds in. And four seconds out. And notice how as you do this, your mind and your body begin to quieten down, begin to slow down, until you reach this place of calm, clarity. I'll give you a couple of moments to just let that calm, clarity sink in. If there's any tension in the body, you can breathe into that area and let it loosen off. If there's any frustration or anything holding you back in your mind, I invite you to just let it go and return your attention to that breath. Four seconds in, four seconds out. From this place of calm, peaceful clarity, we are able to access our subconscious mind. And when you do, as I said before, I'm going to ask you a question and you're just going to open your eyes and write down whatever comes to mind. There are no right or wrong answers here, no need for judgment. And that question is, how do I feel 
about money. Go. Open your eyes, go to your notepad, write down whatever came to mind. It could be a feeling, a thought, an idea, a memory, whatever it may be. Write it down. And I'll give you a few moments to do that before we continue on. How did you go with that meditative practice? Did you manage to find some old memories, stories, thoughts, associations, or even feelings that you can now see are holding back your approach to money? You know, as I said for myself, when I did that exercise with my money mindset coach, as soon as he said, how do I feel about money? I felt immediately sick. I felt revolted by it. So I wrote that down and I continued to write down all these other thoughts and memories that came up. Now, these days when I do that exercise, because it's a very useful exercise to repeat because we can use it to see changes in our subconscious association and in our money mindset. These days when I do it, the feeling that comes up is excitement. I'm genuinely excited by money and the opportunity that it grants me to impact more and more people's lives. You know, the stories that come up now are money is not the root of happiness, but is a useful tool for cultivating it. The stories that come up are Money is whatever I make it to be. I can use it for good and for giving back, or I can use it for the wrong reasons. So I want to share my story with you to prove that this makes the difference. I mentioned at the very start of this episode, in one year I went from $20,000 in debt to buying my first house. And I didn't make any more money that year, neither did my wife. The thing that changed was our subconscious association with money. It was our approach to how we treated money. You know, no longer was it linked to stress and revulsion, it was linked to appreciation and gratitude. And that made such a difference in how we used it. So I encourage you, as you go through those subconscious associations that just came up, as you look at them and you understand them, start highlighting which ones are holding you back, which ones are limiting you, which ones aren't working for you anymore. And just begin challenging your mind to think about what else could work better there, what would serve you more. You know, if it is stress is the feeling, what would you rather feel when you think about money? I'll give you a few moments to do that practice, and then we'll move ahead. So now that you're a lot more aware of your money mindset, I thought I'd give you a few quick tips that I've found have really been effective in helping people cultivate a more beneficial and more empowering money mindset in themselves. So the first we already mentioned... It's cultivating the sense of gratitude and appreciation around money rather than stress and overwhelm. There's a few good ways to do that. The first is in changing your language when you speak about money. Now, if you're anything like I was, I imagine one of the phrases that you grew up with or one of the sentences you use a lot when you think about money is, I can't afford it. Well, listen to how disempowering that is. It doesn't challenge the brain to think. It doesn't encourage the brain to come up with answers. It just shuts down the conversation right there and then. And how does it leave you feeling? Normally not very good. So what are some alternatives? Well, one, if it genuinely is something that you don't have the money for, just say, I have other priorities. It's not that you can't afford it. You probably could if you really, really, really wanted and you sacrificed everything else, but you've got higher priorities at the moment. And that's okay. So take ownership of that. Rather than saying, I can't afford it, go, I have higher priorities and better things to put my money towards at the moment. And the second option, if it's something that you really, really, really want to do, something that you know is incredibly beneficial for you, A great way to reframe that I can't afford it is, what would it cost me not to do it? You know, whenever we're making decisions in life, it's human nature to focus on what it costs us to do something. But I find it's also incredibly beneficial to think about, well, what would it cost me not to do it? 
Because when you weigh those up, it can actually make it really clear and apparent that the right move is either to go ahead with it or not go ahead with it. But it makes it clear and at least you can be certain about that either way. And my personal favorite reframe on the I can't afford it question is how can I afford it? You know, when we say I can't afford it, I said before, it shuts down the brain. It's end of conversation. It's disempowering. We don't move forward from there. Listen to the difference. I can't afford it. How can I afford it? Notice how as soon as we give the brain the question, how can I afford it? It has to come up with an answer. It makes us creative. I know this is one that my wife and I used when we went to America for two and a half months. And we were organizing the holiday and we looked at the cost. I think it was like a $40,000 holiday. And we went, there's no way in hell we can do this. And I noticed the old pattern creeping back up. The story I'd told myself for years of, I can't afford that. But then, you know, with the help of my money mindset coach at the time, I knew to ask, how can we afford this? And all of a sudden, we actually came up with the answers and we ended up doing it. I, you know, we ended up saving the money to go on this amazing life-changing holiday. It was one of the best experiences of, of my life. And that only became a possibility by asking the question, how can I afford it? Rather than just saying to my brain, I can't afford it. Just going into that comfort zone and doing the old sentence. So I highly encourage you to start changing your money mindset by asking those three big changes of yourself. One, instead of saying, I can't afford it, ask, how can I afford it? Or instead of saying, I can't afford it, just say it's not a priority right now. It's a great way to get clear on it. Instead of saying, I can't afford it, ask, what would it cost me not to do it? There are three great changes to help you begin cultivating a much more empowering money mindset. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. I trust that you've learned a lot from this episode and that you're going to take action on it. I know I say it every week, but action is what makes the difference. You know, everything that you've gained from this episode, everything you've learned about money mindset, even the top three tips to beginning to change your money mindset, they mean nothing if you don't go out and put them into practice and do something with them. So I highly encourage you to begin practicing that. And as always, if you find that you're struggling with it, if you find that you're a bit stuck or you need a bit of extra guidance or tailored help, you're more than welcome to email us at grow at bucoaching.org to organize a complimentary call with one of our confidence and purpose coaches. Just make sure you mention in the email that you're looking for your complimentary call with one of our confidence and purpose coaches as a result of listening to the podcast Be You with Declan Edwards. That way the team will know uh, who to hook you up with and, and how to hook you up with that complimentary connection call. But as always, as we reach the end of the episode, I'm going to say farewell to you by saying, be empowered, be exceptional, be you.